Hello, welcome to Talk Racing to Me with Naomi Show 40. The Grade 3 Run Happy Barbara Fritchie is the feature coming up at Laurel Park on Saturday and it's shaping up to be a competitive affair. Phillies and mares only, four-year-old and up. Well, it's fitting that the favorite, Hello Beautiful, is trained by a female trainer in Brittany Russell and one of the promising challengers by fellow lady trainer Lacey Gaudet. Do I need to highlight their female? Absolutely not. Gender has nothing to do with one's capabilities. These are two young and up-and-coming trainers who are making a name for themselves in the Mid-Atlantic region. But it's a cool story, a fair bit of girl power going around and a wonderful race that I am looking forward to. So get out your notepad as I discuss both trainers' stakes runners coming up this Saturday at Laurel Park. We kick things off with Lacey Godet, followed by Brittany Russell. Lacey, let's set the scene. Where are you right now and how has today gone for you so far? I just walked in the house um, from finishing everything up from this morning, um, putting the final touches on the weekend, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it must have been tricky with the weather, sometimes shutting the track down, even for training purposes. Uh, what do you do on those days? Or how do you even make uh, a general planning for your runners and, and your horses in terms of training? It's hard um, in the winter. I mean, we're, we've been very fortunate the last couple of years, and we've been very fortunate um, going into this winter um, until the weekend that it really counted um, for the biggest uh, weekend of you know, uh, here locally. Um, but it's been okay. Um, you just kind of look ahead, try and look ahead and hope that you get lucky. Um, sometimes things get, get thrown off, but, uh, usually you can just kind of gauge the weather and, and do what's important when you, when it's really necessary. Yeah. Well, let's uh, get going on your runners. Uh, of course, big stakes day coming up on Saturday due to the weather we've just discussed. That card was moved from February the 13th to Saturday, February the 20th. How did that affect your two starters, Fraudland Charge, Don't Let Sweet Fool You, on the day? Because I'm assuming they had already received... Um, oh, actually, no. We're, we're Are we allowed? No, we have Lasix in the stakes, don't we? This is me. Like, Everything other except for the graded stakes. Yes. Yeah. So in the stakes, in the white card. So I was assuming fraudulent charge would have maybe already had Lasix in that. Actually, she's running on without, isn't she? Right. No, I, I mean, that was a decision that we made, um, you know, here in Maryland, we weren't allowed to run our two-year-olds on Lasix and um, she's run fine without Lasix in her first two starts. And, um, you know, that also went into a time time frame uh, situation. I really am hesitant to run horses on Lasix if they haven't had it in them before. We've had a couple that have had some bad side effects to Lasix. So unless I'm able to give them an adequate work and treat them with Lasix in the morning and make sure that they're um, not going to have an adverse reaction to it, uh, I'd rather them not be on it. And uh, she hasn't bled for us, knock on wood, in the past. Um, she's a very healthy filly. And, um, you know, as long as we're able to keep her off Lasix, we will, and we didn't want to change anything going into this race. So it's just kind of how it worked out. So on, on the day itself, when you have them ready to go, you know, primed for that day, and then the races get moved a week, uh, do you just do a maintenance work in between? Or how do you kind of respond to that? Well, you know, on any given day, on any given time, you would have had, um, I mean, you know, we had 
we had well enough time. They moved it back to Saturday, but we still had bad weather going into this week. So um, really when we canceled on Saturday, that morning was the last good day that we had on the racetrack until, um, until today. So no, it wasn't, um, perfect adjustment. Um, you know, we let our horses do a little bit, um, a, a little bit extra this morning. Um, they breezed three eighths, uh, to a quarter of a mile. I, I kind of let the, both of their jockeys were on them this morning. So they're, they're well acquainted with the horses and they kind of just let them do their thing. And it was a little bit extra than, um, a regular gallop. And, uh, no, ideally when you're going into stake races like this, you'd like to have a perfect work. And that's what they had, um, the original final weekend that we had going into the race. So even though we missed a couple days last week, uh, we were prepared for that. This, we weren't really prepared for. Um, it's okay now because everything went well and the Phillies went well this morning and, um, everybody's really, really happy with how they came out of it. So, you know, like I said, everybody that's here, and really most of the people that were in the stakes, um, are actually on the grounds already. Um, so, you know, everybody's in the same boat. Um, everybody had to second guess their training tactics and do what they had to going into, uh, this weekend since it was rescheduled. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk about your first runner on the day, which is fraudulent charge in the white country stakes four three-year-old fillies going seven furlongs. And of course I've spoken with you about this filly many times before, but for all the listeners that don't know much about her, can you tell us a little bit about her character and, and how you had to manage her? Because it has been tricky from time to time. Yeah, she's, it's, it's awkward because she's a, um, she's a pretty straightforward filly in the morning. Um, she is a beautiful gallop in the morning. She trains fantastic. We've always really liked her. Um, and prior to her first time going over for the races, we had never really had an issue with her at the gates. Um, it may be a little hesitant at time to time, but, um, you know, we do a, a lot of gate work and we never really had an issue with her. And I think it was just kind of a fluke that day. Um, a horse, I think to her outside kind of acted up a little bit and she just was very unfortunate and she reared up and she sat down and she got herself stuck under the gate. And thank goodness she is a smart filly because she was in a very awkward position and she was stuck. It could have been a really, really bad ending. And, um, thank goodness the gate crew managed her so well and she was smart and, you know, didn't thrash and, uh, really tried to just keep quiet and protect herself. And she made it out, uh, relatively unscathed and we just did a lot of gate work. And I think it pushed, um, her debut back about a month. Um, and other than the first time going back, she really was, uh, you know, pretty unbothered by the gate. So, um, we, you know, we keep that in mind and, and she, we were kind of on our toes getting her over there for her first start. And then it was in the slop. So it was just, you know, one more thing that was going to maybe make a little bit more noise or, or just, um, tear off a little bit more, but, uh, she was perfect and she ran fantastic. And then, um, you know, the, the timing for her next race was kind of up in the air just because of, um, you know, two-year-old fillies going, um, in the allowance race, uh, sometimes doesn't fill. And, um, it, it pushed that race back. It didn't fill the first day that it was in the book. And then we had another cancellation that day that it finally did fill. And we were just, you know, it was the only, the stake was the only race that was presented to us and we wanted to stay home. Um, 
here at Laurel and, uh, and she just, she ran fantastic. I mean, I think we got a little lucky It scratched down to us to a short field. Um, but she, she ran her race and, uh, she ran a little bit better than we, we thought that she would, but kind of showed the talent that we, that we did originally think she had. Well, she certainly, even though it was only a four horse field, uh, reigning sort of top level two-year-old, now three-year-old street loot was in that field and she managed to run close in on her very very gamely late only got beaten by a nose one of two horses to have gotten that close to street loot street loot of course has been bested one time before so how much confidence does that give you going into this stake reopposing again now there's obviously a couple of other tough fillies in here as well but perhaps from sort of a tactics point of view fertile and charge uh, can stay away from a strong pace if it does develop and then try and sort of run them down again Certainly. I, I like the way that it um, sets up in the last stake. Uh, Street Loot was kind of out there on her own. And, you know, we didn't really know how this filly, uh, what her running style is. And I still don't think that we do. Um, but we're going back to seven eights and there's plenty of pace. So if she can, you know, look in the last race, there was four horses. There wasn't much traffic. She'll have a little more traffic and she'll have to be a little more tactical this time. But um, as long as she can have a, um, a fair trip and make that late run, I, I know that she will run honest and, and give that late run. And, uh, you know, I mean, she, she did get a nose in front of street loot. I think it was a bad Bob. It was extremely exciting for us. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, we were, we were more than happy with, with second, but, um, you know, she, she'll, uh, hopefully she'll run at her again. Yeah, that was, that was a very, very tight finish and just talking about the filly itself you mentioned to me that possibly at some point you would like to see her go longer of course she made her debut over this distance and it's done really well over it in her two starts yes absolutely i mean we've said all along that um she wanted to go around a ground we the seven we were originally going to run her a mile if it came up um, just because of the way that she trained in the morning and the seven eights i love phillies going seven eights we've um done fantastic at Phillies going seven, eight, especially two and three year olds. So it, it's fine with me that she's, um, here for right now. Um, you know, I think that you and I talked about that earlier. She was, you know, she was in the allowance race going a mile. Um, but with winter weather and, uh, Laurel kind of being a tiring track sometimes I, I I'd hate to see her just kind of labor home with, you know, missing a work or just the track being a little, a little tiring that day. So for right now, we know she's, fit to go the seven eights and we'll we'll keep her there as long as we can that's super interesting you mentioned how well your bond is done over seven furlongs because that can be coined as quite a specialist distance some horses actually relish it whereas others kind of run out of gas and either prefer that you know very distinct either sprinting or route distance what do you think uh, do you do differently that makes you so successful with um, horses going that distance I, I don't know. I know they, uh, I always hear, um, you know, uh, commentators or even trainers saying that seven eights is a specialty distance. And I guess I just have very special horses because <laughs> I swear if, if the whole barn could run seven eights, uh, they, they'd all be one, two, but, um, I, I don't know that there's anything that we do differently. I don't, um, you know, I don't think that our barn is, is really primed for many, um, short distance sprinters. So, you know, maybe that's what that's at in between distance, um, to keep them from, um, you know, to get a little pace into them before they have to stretch out to the mile. Um, you know, we, we don't train, we don't typically train for speed. We do have a lot that show it, but, um, I, I love the seven eights. And you mentioned 
Laurel Park sometimes being a bit of a tiring track. Do you think it's to hurt for Lincharge's benefit that the card was moved a week later because it probably was going to come up uh, quite wet again on Saturday? How's the track doing right now? I know we still have a couple of days to go, but how, you know, is this a positive for her that now we're, we're running this stake on a different day with different weather, although it's going to be a little bit cold again as well? Yeah, you know, I don't know. Um, she broke her maiden in a slop, so that that didn't really deter us. I mean, obviously, you always want to run on a safe track, and if there's any question in that, um, these guys did the right call. You know, um, it, it was very cold when she ran the stake last time. We were in the one hole. We were really, really worried about it being, um, uh, you know, about that rail being too hard or the racetrack being a little frozen. And um, these track guys, uh, they they do a fantastic job, and I think working everybody working together nobody's made a wrong move yet. Um, the guys are the track maintenance have worked tirelessly on it. The racetrack was superb this morning. It was very wet yesterday and we had, you know, I mean, I think it dipped down to like 21 overnight. Um, so it's a ridiculous task that these guys are, are left with. And, um, the track was beautiful, safe. Um, it was fair this morning. Um, you know, and I, I think last week we were, we were maybe, planning for it to be wet, but, you know, mother nature left us with something that was uncontrollable when the ice came in and, and that changed everything to where it could be a little dangerous. So, Hey, they made the right move. Um, you know, and, and hopefully if it's a little cold, I mean, look, New York does it. We're mid Atlantic. We, we race through the winter. Um, we know that the track's going to be, um, different day to day, but as long as it's safe, um, you know, that's, that's why we stay here. Um, cause we can, you know, try and handle it. Yeah, massive credit goes to the team that, you know, makes it all happen. And I'm talking about, you know, the team in the racing office, the guys looking after the track. It's, you know, it's been tricky, but they, yeah, they're doing a, a wonderful job here. Let's move on to, I think, what obviously turning out to be one of the best races on the day. Wonderful storylines going into this. Uh, race seven, the grade three run happy Barbara Fritchie, where you have Don't Let Sweet Fool You. Uh, fool ya. Actually, I need to pronounce that correctly. Don't let tweet fool ya. Uh, taking on, you know, the heavy hitting in terrific form. Hello, beautiful is drawn towards the outside. Don't let sweet fool ya drawn in gate three. Of course, she's coming in here in, you know, superb form. She's looking for a sixth victory in a row. And of course, you're looking for your first graded stakes win as well. So we'll talk about that in a second. But talk to me a little about about don't let sweet fool you coming into this as well as game tactics and and what do you expect from her um she's the same thing she's a straightforward filly i i know that she'll run her an honest race um i think we talked before we're not going to change anything with her she's been a very very fast filly um sometimes surprisingly fast uh the one thing that's different with her now than was earlier is um <clears throat> excuse me that she was kind of a, a little bit of a loose cannon and we didn't really know how much we could control her speed. Um, and she's really brought that together in the morning to where she's, she just does whatever you ask her to do. And, um, we've kept that in mind going into the races in the afternoon. And we've honestly kind of stressed, um, these pace scenarios in the past, in the past couple of races that she's had, and what if somebody heads her? What if somebody gets in front of her? Um, will she be able to rate? Will she, you know, early in her uh, in her career, especially in the morning, she had a um, a tendency to to lug out. She runs in a in a run out blinker. Um, 
kind of a security blanket for her. I think she's matured a lot, um, since her two, since her two year old season. And, um, she's just never hesitated. She's, she's in front from the gate and she's in front of the rest of the competition. Um, this is definitely going to be the toughest competition that she's had to, but, um, you know, I think that it gives us a little more confidence in that she is what she is and we can't really change her too much. Yeah. So the game plan will be, she's just going to go straight to the front, hopefully, hug the rail and have that comfort because you mentioned that she does like having a little bit of guidance. Yeah. I mean, um, my riders say that she loves the rail. Uh, she loves to see that rail. She loves to be on it. Uh, which is again, a difference from what she was as a two-year-old because we couldn't really get her close to it. Um, in the early stages, she was just so fast. And, um, look, you know, I, I said to myself, um, I would have loved to get the outside. If it were to me, I would have loved to get the outside draw. I think everybody does. Nobody wants to be the one on the rail that has to set the pace. Um, and I, I would have been interested to see if our Philly could rate, I think the way that she's matured, I think she, um, would have, could have, I just don't see it. Um, I just don't see it happening that way. You know, there's, um, there's, there's other speed in the race, certainly, but I think as long as she breaks well, um, I think she's going to be the pace in the race. And I, I think that I'm just going to leave the rest of that up to, uh, to Toledo and, you know, um, these races are, are tough, but you've got professional horses with professional riders and everybody runs their race and rides their race. Um, so I, you know, I said in the beginning before we even drew, I think it's just going to be the way that the race draws up and, who, um, you know, who, whose favorite's going to be in, I, I still don't know whose it is, but, um, you know, I, I don't think that we're going to change anything. And I think we're going to have to plan to go from where we are. Well, I agree with you there because you are drawn towards the inside compared to Hello Beautiful who has so much speed early as well on the outside. You, you know, you're kind of get forced a little bit to move forward instead of like taking back with a fitty that hasn't proven that she wants to do yet that just yet and I guess if you were on the outside you would have had more options in that perspective you could have let her roll or like could have let her settle back so I think that's you know if if I were to be the one giving instructions I probably would do the same you know go straight forward because that's how the draw worked out and um talking about her characterized because I know that you say she's matured and developed but she also has a, a companion in her stable doesn't she well, this is the the first time that she will be running with her companion. Um, <laughs> it's it's something that um, the owners and myself have talked about. Um, you know, she has been a difficult filly to um, to kind of get along with. She's a little bit of a stall walker. She does like company. She has a hole in her stall where she can see the horse next to her, and if the horse next to her leaves, she gets very agitated. So. You know, it's really limited us um, in traveling. And now that she's becoming a nicer filly and it looks like we might actually want to travel out of state, she's not Maryland bred. So there's, you know, there there is a reason to maybe go out of state. Um, her first try was when we shipped to Pimlico and it was okay. We made it through it. but She um, won. <laughs> yeah, she won. Um, but it was probably the most nerve-wracking day that I've I've had in a long time. I, I actually had to sit in the corner of the stall with her and hold her for four hours um, because, oh, you know, wow. we get Lasix at four hours. So we're up there um, that whole time. And um, she was just a little keyed up. So, um, it, you know, it ended well. And I think it was a good, it was a good try because um, – we also realized what she can kind of go through and still win. 
you know? Um, so she was, that was like the most stressed out that she'd been before a race. And again, she was extremely pressed in that race and she still prevailed. So, you know, she's a really tough, um, tough filly for, for being, uh, you know, a, a, a little horse, um, and, uh, you know, so now she has her goat and, uh, we'll see if it's, if it's helped or hurt her. Um, everybody swears it's helped her. I think it's helped me. I enjoy having the goat in the barn. Um, she kind of makes me a little less stressed. Um, but it's, it's really changed her, her personality and, and hopefully, um, if she continues to be this kind of horse and we are able to ship somewhere, she'll be able to go with her goat and, um, you know, and that will keep her a little settled, uh, when she does ship. So It'll be, it'll be Doris's debut this weekend too. So we'll see how it goes. I like it. It gives me a little bit, um, that movie Seabiscuit vibes, but except he ended up having another horse with him because he kicked the goat out of the stable, but you know, something similar to that. Well, Hey, I mean, we were, we were a little worried about that too. I mean, I think that's why we went back and forth. We were like, well, what if she doesn't like the goat? What if the goat stresses her out more? And it was kind of like, we got the goat. We just threw her in the stall and hoped it worked out. And it, it went really well. So it, it, it worked out good. Yeah, fingers crossed it will continue to, to keep her quiet and happy. And she's on her way to becoming one of the best horses you've had in your stable thus far. She's ranked second by earnings behind, of course, John Jones, who was, you know, such an important horse for, for your barn. How do you rank her in terms of potential? Um, maybe ask me after this weekend, <laughs> you, you know, um, <laughs> She, she came into the barn, you know, as a two-year-old, I just, sometimes when you have two-year-olds that, that get their bell rung, um, from the two-year-old sales and they just, they sometimes don't get a handle back on things. And, um, you know, we had a nice filly a few years ago by the name of destiny over fate, who was kind of the same way. Um, she was super fast in the sale. We got her here. She won first time out. She bolted in the turn. She bolted in the gallop out. And I don't think, you know, that was a filly that really never, um, really never got it back together. Um, and I don't know if that was her as an individual or if it's just what we've learned, um, you know, in our training program to just benefit, don't let sweet fool you a little bit more when it's come back to a situation like this. And, um, you know, I, I credit the owners so much when I said, um, as a two-year-old that we weren't going to tap into her potential. They were like, no problem. You want to give her time, give her time. We'll regroup and see, um, and see how she comes back as a three-year-old. And it just made the world of difference with her. Um, you know, we let her settle, we let her grow up and, um, you know, so now she's just become such a hardier filly. And, um, I think she's just, I think she's going to grow into a really nice filly. Um, you know, I wish that, um, we had, we could have utilized her three-year-old season a little bit more because of her getting the time. And because of coronavirus, it really set us back in our three-year-old season, but she's also getting bigger and she's growing, um, as an older mare. So I, I think that she has potential to be a very, very nice older mare. Oh, I love it. I'm certainly looking forward to see how this race uh, will shape up. And getting back to the fact that you're still looking, well, not still, I mean, you've been doing so well and you're really rising through the ranks here at Lower Park, making your mark, uh, looking for this great at stakes victory. How special would it be to to get it done on your home turf? It would be fantastic. Um, you know, she, she has been a special filly. Um, these are special owners and, um, they, they actually, um, five hellions when I was 17 and started training on my 
got my trainer's license and started training on my own at Colonial Downs, they actually gave me my very first win as a trainer. So um, it took us a lot, uh, a lot of time to get back together. And it's been an incredible um, ride since we we reconnected. And um, yeah, just all together, it would it would just be special, I, I think, too, to kind of just knock it out. But, um, you know, we we try to maintain a, a small stable. My dad made a heck of a career. Um, being in Maryland his, his whole life. And, um, you know, he had a great career and was able to, to raise a family here. And that's kind of all we've, um, all all we've tried to do. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, I wouldn't even say it's taken us a little time. We've had a few tries at it and, um, we were, we were happy with those and it would be great if, I mean, if this Philly's just in contention, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, and if it if it won't be on Saturday, I am certain there will be plenty more opportunities for you uh, to get that notch <laughs> on your belt. Of course, Brittany Russell in the same race is also looking for a first graded stakes win. So it's just to me, it's such a wonderful. I wouldn't say it's a matchup because there's a fair few tough fillies and mares uh, going into that field. I mean, Sharp Star coming up from New York, she's tough as well. But it's just to me, it's such a cool story because, of course, this is a race for fillies and mares and then you know the two female trainers have one have the main interests in there and both looking for that first greatest stakes and of course uh we've met we've talked about this before it doesn't matter whatsoever what your gender is when training it doesn't affect any of your capabilities but i do remember that it was one of the topics we discussed during my first week at laurel park whilst we were standing on the rail we were watching horses canter up to the start and you gave me an example about how someone came up to you to address the fact that you are a female trainer i don't know if you still remember that story or what 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 has your experience been like and of course now as well with you becoming more successful yeah absolutely i i definitely remember that story and um you know a, a gentleman approached me in the in the parking lot and um you know, asked me if, if I was myself and, um, <laughs> and said, uh, I just have a question for you. Do you, you know, do you find it hard, um, being a woman in a, in a man's world? And, um, I, I don't, I, I don't even think I gave him a response. I think I kind of got in my car and, and closed the door. Um, you know, and I never, I never have, um, look, whether you're male or female, um, you're, you're going to, um, have different ways of running your business. No, you know, no matter, no matter who you are. And, um, we are comfortable with the way that we run our business. I might not win the most races. Um, but I don't think that I've ever been slighted. I think that I've had owners approach me that are comfortable with the way that I run my operation, the way that I train horses. And, um, I I've never felt like I've ever been at a disadvantage. I learn every day and I've learned from, I learned from my father. I worked for Helen Pitts and I worked for Alan Iwinski and it was like all different spectrums, um, you know, of learning from men and women and not only them, but the operations that they put together and the people that worked underneath of them. You know, Helen had, um, pretty much all women working for her. Um, you know, Alan was, was a tough on horses. Um, but he had some nice horses. My dad always had kind of, you know, claiming level horses. Um, and he had a mix of men and women working for him. So, you know, I, I've never felt like a disadvantage. I try and learn from everybody and, um, it's, uh, no, it's, it's been fun and that's just, that's what we do. We just try and make it fun and, um, 
enjoy the sport and enjoy the competition. And I, you know, I think it's, I think it's fantastic. Um, I, I admire Brittany for what she's done. She is up and coming and she has come up very fast. Um, and she's put hard work into it too. She's worked for, you know, a number of very, very top people. And she, did her due diligence in learning from that and cultivating her own program. And she's done fantastic at it. So to see, um, yeah, where, I mean, I, I, I try to root for everybody and it's always fun when you get to this level with anybody that's a, that's a peer man or woman, but it certainly is really, really cool to have two young women, um, have, you know, live horses in a race like this and be able to go, uh, go for their first graded stake. And I mean, you know, a couple of weeks ago, um, when, uh, when hello, beautiful and don't let sweet fool you both, um, uh, ran on the same day, but in different races, uh, we were cheering each other on, you know, and, and, uh, she texted me after don't let sweet fool you one. And, um, and you know, that meant the world to me. And I, uh, you know, I think I texted her back and said, Hey, now it's your turn. And she got it done too. So, you know, win, lose or draw. Um, I think that we're both rooting for each other and it's really fantastic to have, um, not only just us, but there's plenty of women, you know, you included and, and plenty other women, in the jockey colony here too, that, uh, really root for each other. And it's just, it's fun to see a group of women really, um, care to see the other be successful. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Just looking, I saw that was the safely kept for hello, beautiful on my birthday, the 28th of November. And then don't let sweet fool you won the Primonetta stakes that day. So that's really cool. I didn't know that you guys uh, texted that. That's uh, you know, I, I love to hear it. Love to see it. And to me, I I'm grouping you both in the bracket of young talented trainers that are you know setting out on their journey and and doing very well in the mid-atlantic region and starting to have runners in other places as well and it's just super encouraging because this area i feel in terms of trainers as well as jockeys has proven to be such a, a wonderful hunting ground sort of a wonderful starting place for people to really learn the ropes and continue and develop. So Lacey, thank you so much for coming on Talk Racing to me. It's been my pleasure. And of course, I wish you so much luck on Saturday. Uh, we'll all be watching. Well, thank you, Naomi. It's always great catching up with you. And thanks for having me on. As always, the pleasure is fully mine as we continue with our next guest. Brittany, I'm so glad uh, to have you joining me this week. Of course, we're supposed to have the big stakes day last Saturday, but now it's coming up this Saturday, February 20th, and you have three runners. May the horse be with you in the Miracle Wood, Little Huntress in the White Country, and of course, the big lady, Hello Beautiful, in the Run Happy, Barbara Fritchie. Let's talk about Hello Beautiful and, and her family because you were telling me the other day that it was sort of a big couple of weeks for the family. You sold her half-brother that you co-owned at Phasic Tipton and, and you told me that her dam Hello Now also had a fall recently. Uh, maybe let's get started with Hello Hot Rod. Talk to me about the um, three-year-old Jimmy Wingfield Stakes winner that you purchased for $10,000 and turned an incredible profit on yeah it's pretty crazy right <laughs> it's, it's a happen? wonderful story it's amazing <laughs> thank you yeah um yeah a bit bittersweet too right uh yeah. you know it was he was it was a huge sale you know we're very, we're delighted you know couldn't have asked for a better outcome on that side of it um you know a little sad not to see him come home naturally we loved him and we were really hoping 
you know, to have some fun with him in the future. But, you know, we wish the new connections well. Um, you know, we have to be happy that he gave us what he could when we had him with us. And, um, you know, that was quite a bit. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so and then on top of it, uh, what was it? The, the I think the day after Hot Rod went through the ring, uh, I think Hello now fold a Golden Lad filly which was pretty exciting for the family. So Hello Beautiful has a full sister on the ground. That's amazing. That certainly bodes well. And of course, uh, if ever Hello Beautiful retires, I'm sure we'll be looking forward to her uh, continuation of of the line because she's been so special to you and to your stable. And I know that we continue to talk about it, but but it's because she continues to add to the story. Uh, Talk to me about how is she doing right now? Oh, she's fantastic. Um, you know, the it was a total bummer, uh, you know, with the weather getting in the way of us racing last Saturday. But, you know, it is what it is. It's February. And to be fair, it doesn't seem as though it's bothered her at all. So, you know, that's that's really nice to see. And, you know, she's training very forwardly. She's ready to go, you know, and actually looking, I, I think it was going to be four weeks from her last run. So now she has another week under her. So, you know, she seems to always do well with a little bit of, you know, if we space those races. So I kind of like it. Yeah, I was going to ask you, how did it work out for your stable that the races were moved to a week later? What would what did you do with your prospective runners uh, on the day instead? Well, you know, it was tough because we found out late and uh, we, we, you know, we didn't have the opportunity to get them trained that day. And then, you know, the weather rolls in and we didn't really have a chance to do much with them the next few days. Uh, so, you know, they, they jogged in the shed and then uh, I'm, I'm fortunate. I have some uh, stalls over at Pimlico. So I actually put my steak horses on the truck to uh, go over so that at least they could have some happy gallops over, you know, at Pimlico while Laurel was closed. And uh, so I feel as though we didn't miss, you know, a ton. You probably would have liked to have done a little something with them Saturday had we known they were going to cancel uh, you know, if we had known a bit earlier, but you know what, we're all in the same boat, so we can't overthink it too much. Yeah, I, I spoke with Lacey Godet earlier as well, and she was saying the same. You're all in the same boat. You're all trying to figure out what the best course of action is. Now you have a, a week in between, and you mentioned you. She went up with with some of her uh, some of your other runners to Pimlico, and and did they just do a, a bit of a bit of work there, or what did you do with them? Well, they, uh, let's see. So Saturday they walked, Sunday they jogged. So then Monday they just went over and they just had kind of a spirited gallop. You know, the track was sloppy over there. So, you know, it's the same thing, the winter tracks, you know, even if the track's open, it might not be to your liking as far as a breeze goes. So, you know, we played it safe. We got something, you know, gallop into them, but we also didn't want to, you know, do something silly and, uh, you know, be kicking ourselves because we were thinking we needed to get a work into them. Yeah, no, completely understand. So uh, we're going to run through your runners, but let's just continue on Hello Beautiful. We started talking about her, of course, running in the grade three, run happy, Barbara Fritchie, seven furlongs. And we were kind of, I think I asked you about this before, tactics wise, she's drawn towards the outside, which gives her a lot of options. And she's very, very fast from the gate, but we know that uh, there are a couple of fillies towards her inside that most likely are going to move forward as well, including Don't Let Sweet Fool You. Uh, you know, I, I feel like you just kind of always have to play the break, don't you? I mean, so much can happen in those first few jumps. And uh, I don't know that anybody knows until, you know, those gates open on race day. So, you know, with that being said, if she breaks as good as she usually does and, and, and Lacey's filly goes, you know, it's up to it's up to Toledo and Sheldon, I think. Uh, 
you know, someone's smart. They're, they're not, I don't think they're going to go silly, you know, and do anything like that. That would be kind of a waste, but, uh, on the same hand, our Phillies fast, her Phillies fast. So I don't think we're going to, either of us are planning on taking too much away from them from that standpoint, you know, it'll be very interesting uh, to see who will end out, end up in front. Do you think hello beautiful is better when being on the lead? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think it matters, honestly. Uh, you know, I, I think we've always thought, uh, you know, early on in her early work days that she was going to be better kind of tracking a horse. And then it ended up that <laughs> many of her races, she was just the fastest and ended up on the lead. So, you know, and, and that was always something everyone always, you know, mentioned is, uh, you know, when she would, you know, uh, with these races as, as they've come about, uh, do you know, does your Philly need the lead? And we, we never really thought she did, but it always seems like she would get the lead. So I think everyone just had this mindset now that, you know, this is just, uh, just a speed Philly. So, um, you know, I, I don't, I mean, I think she can sit off of her and, um, if, if that's the way it plays out, I, I'd be happy with it, you know, to work out like that. And of course, as you mentioned, Sheldon knows, knows exactly what he wants to do with her and knows her so well. Cause he gets on her for all her fast work as well, doesn't he? Yeah, and that's that's the other thing too. You know, if Sheldon's sitting on her and he feels like he's taking too much away from her, you, I, I would imagine you'd see him just kind of let her creep up there and do her thing because that's the other thing with a horse like this, you don't want to take too much away from him. No, no. Of course, uh, she's won three in a row now coming into this, and ever since getting back to Laurel in that Maryland Million distaff, she's progressed. It seems she's been running, you know, career best numbers and. What do you think changed it all around for her? Because she ran so well at Laurel and then she kind of traveled abroad a little bit. She ran up in Saratoga and she just didn't perform like you kind of hoped to have seen her do. I think, you know, we just got her home. We got her back on track. Uh, you know, they, they, they let us, um, you know, after we tried a couple of things, which everyone was, you know, we wanted to try and get her out of state and see if, you know, she could run with some of those better horses and, you know, bad luck and, you know, some things happen along the way. So the, the goal was just regroup and let's just kind of try and get her back winning. So, you know, when the Maryland million, it, it was good timing and, you know, she was doing well and that seemed like the time to go with her ever since then. It just seems like, you know, everything's just clicked, you know, she's matured, she's been happy. She hasn't missed a beat, you know, and again, she hasn't left her stall. She's run right from home. So uh, we, you know, that's always an advantage <laughs> yeah definitely huge benefit and uh, when i talked to you at the track the other week i asked you how she was training and she said you said uh, i think quote you called her a bear is she going that strongly <laughs> she's uh yeah she's she's training right along forward i mean you know if you if you look at these good race horses they good race horses they train good so <laughs> yeah. she she seems to be touting herself that uh she wants to be classified as good I mean, well, definitely, I feel like this would be the race to, to really be that jewel in her crown. And maybe for you as well, because you are still looking for that graded stakes win. How incredible would it be to have that here at your home track with this filly that has meant so much to you? And of course, your partner, Sheldon Riding. Oh, it would just be, it, it would be incredible. I mean, this is, this is our girl. This is the Philly that got everything started for us. Really. If you look back, you know, we have so much to, you know, she's, she's just done so much for my career and, you know, she's on a personal level, you know, she's just special to the whole family. And if it was, you know, if it was this Philly, it would be special. And, you know, if, if it doesn't work out, 
it wasn't meant to be, but you know, it would just mean so much more for it to be her. Well, she is uh, going in as the favorite, and I dare say she's going to end up being a heavy favorite when the gates uh, go back. Uh, does that put extra pressure on? Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because you know, of course, we you know we want her to win and we want her to be the star that you know we hope she can be with and get that great at stake. But uh, on the same hand, you know, it's horse racing and there's a lot of factors, and you know, it's it's you know just getting them over there in the afternoon is a feat sometimes. So um, you know, you just you pray that you get them over there the way you want them, and uh, you know they show up and they they make you look good. So. But she's the kind of filly that she she tries to do that for us. Yeah, and of course also that they come back happy and, and healthy. And that's, a, that's you know, foremost important. Uh, the track, as it was playing out, that was going to be on Saturday, was going to be wet. Now, of course, we are going to expect some more snowfall again and still some colder temperatures. Uh, what would you prefer for her? She's performed on both a fast main track as well as track with moisture in the ground. You know, we're happy with what, whatever way it goes. You know, she seems to love a sloppy track, but, you know, on the same hand with the weather, how we've been, uh, you know, what we've been dealing with, we just hope it's a, you know, good, safe racetrack that we can, we can get, get the, the race in. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay. Let's, uh, we'll talk about some of your other runners because she's not the only one uh, bidding to give you victory on uh, the stakes Saturday. In the third race of the day, the Miracle Wood Stakes, uh, going a mile, four three-year-olds, you have made the horse beat with you, three-year-old gelding by Bulls Bay, and he came out of a quite the race in the spectacular bid. Uh, I watched it back a couple of times. He went head-to-head with Kenny Had an Ocean. Both were up on, in front, and they were, you know, they were laying it down. As, and Sheldon Russell rode, you know, very, very strong. He did uh, lose his stick, I do believe, in the, the final strides. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to throw him under the bus there, but since you did. <laughs> I mean, you could see. You could see on the video, and I, I watched yeah, it. Yeah, and, and, and God bless him. You know, he went for the goggle. He was trying. He, uh, you know, he was trying to use something. And um, But with that being said, in a, in a sense, moving forward, it kind of makes me feel good because, you know, I think the source will love at a distance and, uh, you know, if he can just have, you know, all he needed, I think, was a few more pops that day. Uh, you know, Kenny, Kenny got his use of the stick and, you know, no, you know, take nothing away from him. He ran hard. They, they were game. They were on their bellies. They were racing. But, uh, you know, I think our horse, he's, you know, they're, they're, they're still young. They're still learning. So, it, you know, when it comes down to laying down next to a horse like that, they need a little help. So, um hopefully we keep a hold of our whip next time (laughs) (laughs) see i yeah i I had to mention it because actually i spoke with del capuano just after in the winner's circle and i i I said to him i was like you saw that sheldon you know lost his stick and he was like oh i might have to thank him for the win then of course he was joking but it was (laughs) it was such it was such a good race and it takes nothing away from either of them because both were on the pace both were going for it and both really really went belly low to the wire how do you feel uh, may the horse be with you has developed since then yeah he's great he's uh he's the kind of horse i always say you know he's uh we're just kind of waiting for him to make that step from like boy to man he uh he has ability and he trains i mean he trains in the morning like a like a bear he, he's another one you know he he trains hard he he keeps moving forward um but he still has little things about him, you know, that you just want to see mentally him step forward from. 
And honestly, I feel like we, we have seen that. Um, so, you know, hope, hoping that that translates to the afternoon. Yeah, I'd be very curious to see who will come out on top in that event. Then in the sixth race, the wide country stakes four or three-year-old fillies going seven furlong. Uh, you also have little Huntress come in here, who's, you know, very intriguing, very lightly raced filly compared to some of the others coming into this. I mean, aside from fraudulent charge, she's also lightly raced. Uh, how is little Huntress doing? And of course, that was such an impressive victory on her second start. She won by 14 lengths and and the figure puts her right in there she she's she's a really neat filly you know she's done she's done very well uh since that maiden win as well i you know she she acts the type that wants to be a good horse moving forward so you know we're just hoping that you ask her to take a step like this that she responds to it and uh you know she seems as though in the morning she you know she's moving along like you would want to see one going into a race like that and of course, she's by Frosted, first crop of Frosted. Uh, what is she kind of showing you? I'm asking this from a pure selfish point of view because I, I loved Frosted so much as a racehorse and I saw him at uh, John Abel Godolphin's farm and I just think he's such a beautiful individual. So I'm like very curious to see what you would what you think of his crop. Uh, well, with this filly as an individual, uh, you know, a lot of good qualities. She's, she's, a, she's a stunning individual. Uh, big tough filly you know and and she is another one she trains she she loves to uh, go out there and do her work in fact she's probably a little too forward it sometimes uh but you know again a good good racehorse they train well so i'm just hoping that translates um but she's you know they, they she acts the right type you know she's um you know she's every everything about her um you know it's all it's all good characteristics you you like what you see yeah. And in terms of the pace setup, are you worried that there might be a fair few that want to move forward and she's also shown to kind of always take the lead and maybe even go a, a touch fast in the early stages? Yeah, I mean, you, you want you you wonder about that always. Uh, but, you know, we have a good post, too. And, you know, I've always said this is a free roll in Philly when you watch her work in the morning. We've worked her upsides horses. She does her best, you know, her best works when she's sort of, you just kind of drop her head off and let her do her thing. So kind of one of those things, you know, if, if, if she has to jump out of there and go too fast, well, you know, how far can she go? Because, you know, good horses, they do, they come out of there and they, you know, they do their work and they keep going. So hopefully that's her. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, well, it's tough because you, you definitely see a, a separation between these quality horses that some can take the pressure and, and go maybe a bit faster than they should be going early and then still continue or others kind of come back. Well, her, you know, maiden score, she, she went very fast early for the distance of uh, 45 and change over seven furlongs for maiden special weight is pretty fast and, and still continued. So, you know, let's hope that she'll do that on the day as well. And you were talking about horses working well in the mornings and working well at home. Of course, I couldn't uh, let you go without talking about the season that you're having and, and have had. Uh, you nearly knocked Claudio Gonzalez off his uh, championship throne during the fall meet with a lot less runners. You had 49 starts versus his 128 and you ended up with 24 winners to his 28 what do you feel like is is you know contributing to this success of yours uh well you, you i think you see a lot of trainers go in waves don't you and uh you know it seems like everything just clicking at the right time we had that you know we had a lot of you know good horses that were ready to run maidens 
um, you know, just this, the right horses. And I think that's the biggest thing. And, you know, now, yeah, I, ha- I have a barn pool at Laurel. So that helps. We, you know, there's a numbers always help, but you know, we, we want quality over <laughs> quality over quantity, I guess. So I think that was, uh, that's what you saw in the fall. Absolutely. And, and possibly also, uh, I was discussing this with some other trainers. It helps if you have horses that still have certain conditions and then the races go and you just find good spots for them. It seems like that you we were able to do that throughout that meet, but as well as this meet, you're still hitting at a very high percentage. Yeah, and with that being said, that, that goes a lot with, with clientele because, you know, I, I have clients that, you know, they they want to win, they're aggressive, they listen to us, they trust us. So with that being said, you you can spot horses well, and I think that I, I completely agree. That's a lot of races I think are won at the entry box. <laughs> but it must also be tough though if you're looking at sort of the claiming level horses to place them in in spots that they're generally competitive. Also brings that risk of, of losing them. How do you deal with that as well as you know in communication with your owners? Well, you just have to be confident in what you see in the morning. You know, you there's a lot that goes into, you know, getting a horse to the races. So a lot of details that a lot of people don't understand. So when you're talking about the potential risk of losing one, you know, you have to weigh, you know, weigh all factors before you, you know, make that make that decision. Yeah. And I know that you get asked this a lot, nonetheless, by me as well. Uh, and I remember Sheldon. I've asked him at the time as well when I had him on a lot earlier, multiple months ago. But I would love to hear your view. How do you both make it work being, you know, husband and wife team, uh, Sheldon rides, you train. And of course, you're also raising a little girl in Edie. So, you know, that that must be quite the juggling act. Uh, how, How do you manage to make it work? Well, it's just, I think it starts with Sean and I have just been best friends for so long. So it's just, you know, it's that, that life partner, you know, we, you know, this is everything that we have to to handle and we just handle it together. And I mean, I couldn't do it without him. That that's what it comes down to. And I surely feel like he feels the same way. (laughs) But, um, you know, it's, yeah, with Edie, you know, it's, it's both of us. His mom helps a lot. The business. I mean, Sheldon's such a big part of the business. Obviously, you know, he comes out in the mornings. He's he's always right there with the team. So, you know, there's so much to it. But um, we just try and be a good team, and you know, keep our heads up, and you know, take the good and the bad the same way. Do Do you ever, you know, disagree in terms of where, where you're trying to place a horse or what you should be doing in the morning, or are you general have the same viewpoints? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it it wouldn't be it wouldn't be normal <laughs> if we weren't to disagree. Um, but you know, we we always sit down and you know this this is why I want to do this. And you know, he you know might convince me not to you know be so aggressive with a horse at a certain time, things like that. And the good thing is, my my clients like Sheldon, and they know that he's on our team and he does a lot of work for us. So if I, all you know, all I have to say is like you know, listen, this is. This is from our, uh, this is our rider saying this, you know, I think we should consider it. And that goes a long way. So, you know, Sheldon's been around and he knows a lot. He knows what he's doing and he's, he's a huge asset. So everyone knows that. And of course he also wants the business to succeed and he's, you know, making it happen. His job, I guess, in the afternoon, but also in the morning. Cause like I said, I, I see him frequently at your barn in the morning, uh, riding out the horses and just getting back to, 
you've really uh, climbed up the ladder in the mid-Atlantic region and have done so well and you were attributing that to possibly Hello Beautiful putting you on the map but talk me through you know what the journey has been like for for you because I think I asked you this a while ago when you just got Hello Beautiful you didn't have that many runners in your barn. No, you have to understand when uh, we purchased Hello Beautiful, she was a yearling, and it was my partner, Jody Quinn, and I, and I brought her in the barn as a two-year-old in February, just because I didn't really have many horses in the barn, <laughs> and I thought, well, you know, she's our filly, I'm going to bring her in and just kind of get some education into her, and she was one of five horses in the shed row at that time, so you know, when she started making us look good that year, <laughs> that that two-year-old year, you know, was her first uh, good season. Um, you know, I think people started to take notice. And, you know, that's what it takes, I think. You have, you know, you have one good one that people, you know, notice your name and things, you know, of that nature. And um, she she she's helped a lot because then I just started getting more horses. And we sold her to a group of people who um, continued to send us horses. So that was even better. Yeah, absolutely. Because as you mentioned, a, a horse to put you on the map, all of a sudden owners and, and, you know, connections start paying interest and think, oh, hold on, she's done a phenomenal job with this, you know, Maryland bred filly and all those Maryland stakes. Uh, maybe she can do something for us with our uh, Maryland horse. But you, of course, you had such a good run in that fall meet. You had a high percentage I'm assuming that also comes with criticism and people, you know, perhaps uh, wondering how you've done so well so quickly. Uh, how do you deal with that? And of course, that's also the reason I asked you about the journey, because you definitely didn't have a full barn to start with. You know, you just you you stay humble. You mind your own business. That's kind of my new take on it. I We have so much to you know, on our plate. And I have, you know, I have plenty of horses and clients that I, I'm responsible for. So when you, t when you talk about the others and, you know, what they think and say, it's it's just sort of in one ear and out the other. Because, I mean, the goal is to keep going, right? <laughs> keep, you know, keep winning and kind of keep, keep it going. So I'm just kind of trying to focus on what's important. Yeah, and of course, uh, you know, the next big step, winning a, a graded stakes. But I'm sure that if it doesn't happen on Saturday, there will be plenty of other uh, opportunities because you're, you have a, a fair few talented horses in your barn. So... Brittany, I'm going to let you go because I know you have so much to do, but thank you so much. And of course, I wish you so much luck on the Saturday coming up and hopefully I'll uh, get the chat to you again in the, the winner's circle. Awesome. Thank you so much, Naomi. Two strong and up-and-coming trainers, both based at Laurel. And that grade three run-happy Barbara Fritchie, that is going to be some race. Make sure to tune in on Saturday, February 20th. I hope we're running. We do have a bit of snow being forecasted for today, Thursday, as well as temperatures dropping again on Friday. So fingers crossed. I'm really, really keen on seeing uh, this field come to fruition, as well as the other five stakes, six stakes races in total, $900,000 up for grabs. This is uh, one of the bigger days in Maryland racing, of course, aside from the Preakness. So hopefully... We get to see these heavyweights uh, box it out once again. As always, thank you so much to everyone at In The Money Media. Peter Thomas Fornatel, Jonathan Kinchin, Drew Codney, everyone working behind the scenes. It's quite the production. And the amount of diversity 
between the shows is quite staggering and and every time there's a new episode coming out I'm seeing something new and interesting so tune in go check out all the different shows that are part of the In The Money Media team go and follow In The Money Media on social media as well and of course uh, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Naomi Tucker Tucker with two K's uh, keeps you up to date also put my pics out for Laurel Park every day that we're running and just a general little tidbits that try to keep everyone up to date what's going on so fingers crossed hope we're running and uh, aside from that I will be back again next Thursday with a brand new episode. Stick with it. It's been a fun ride. 40th episode we're on. It's been good. Catch you later. <laughs>